Hello, and welcome to Maybe It's Spiritual. This podcast is about people, their stories, their experiences, and the things they can't explain. We live in a world where supernatural occurrences happen to people more often than we talk about. And on this show, we're going to explore these paranormal encounters and become a place where people can share what they've gone through without the fear of being told they're crazy. You are not alone. My name is Rafael Gonzalez, and you are listening to Maybe It's Spiritual. Hello, gentlemen. Welcome back to Maybe It's Spiritual. Thanks. We're glad to be back. I am, too. It's been a while. It's great to be here. I'm glad you're all here, even though you're here every week. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm just, just going to jump in. Everybody doing okay? Yeah, I think we're good. Yeah, we're doing good. We're missing Mike, a member. Yeah, yeah, Mike's not with us tonight. He's off being a good boyfriend somewhere. Wait, Mike. isn't it Matt that's gone? Or is it Matt? I don't know. Mike, we'll never Mike know. or Matt is gone. We can never tell who they are. <laughs> If you've ever questioned who this voice is, you will know it is Mike Hansen. <laughs> <laughs> Anything I say, oh, I just laughed exactly the same. Um, so I'm just going to jump right into it because I want to. Yeah, this is a really cool topic. This is a really cool topic. It's a really huge topic. So we're going to do our best. We're obviously, I'm just going to forewarn you, this is not what we talk about tonight the only thing you should definitely do research on this yourself because there's so much stuff but and i will say that every podcast that i've listened to on this topic they're all different yeah. you get different information every single every single one same with documentaries too yeah absolutely yeah and what that topic is so uh, this is the first time we're and anyone gets it right. <laughs> this podcast, <laughs> we're gonna solve it for you guys. Don't worry. Twenty years in the making. Um, the Rendlesham Forest incident, aka the British Roswell. Yeah, the British Wa- Roswell. Waswell. 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 The British Waswell. <laughs> um. So in 1980, the day after Christmas, in Suffolk, Suffolk, England. Um, there is a military base. There's actually two military bases, um, RAF Woodbridge and RAF Bentwaters. And in between these two is about five and a half miles of woods referred to as the Rendlesham Forest. Um, and those of you who wonder what RAF means, it's Royal, Royal Air Force. Air Force. F. Spy. And also we've discovered that someone on this show is a spy, but we'll get into that another time. Um, yeah, you are a spy and you know it. Um, so in 1980, day after Christmas, John Burroughs is out patrolling, um, the Woodbridge area, the East Gate, when, um, he starts to see some lights coming from the forest, uh, thinking maybe it was like a crashed plane wondering what it was he decides to um 
he radios for Bud Stevens, which is um, like his staff sergeant, and says, "Hey, I, you know, did, did anybody report anything? Any aircrafts crashing? Anything falling from the sky?" He's like, "Cause I'm seeing like like a red light coming from." The forest, but I didn't hear any noise. So there was no noise. So there was no like smoke smell. There was no nothing that would indicate a crash. And so these guys uh, decide to um, to investigate. Uh, let's see. So um, yeah, they said it resembled like a downed aircraft, like an aircraft coming down. Yeah, like an air. Yeah, but it didn't. It didn't crash down. They see right. it like sort of like slowly descend, and then it's like a blue light and a red light, like yeah. inside. Like simultaneously going, and so at this point, um, they began. Um, they began to investigate, and as they, um, I think they actually got a few more people to to get in on it, and um, so there's like there's multiple investigations, but the first initial investigation, um, they just kind of they went in there and they see you know the red lights in there and i don't think they investigated that much that night i don't think it was until was it the next day when they go back so they um they alert james peniston which they'll call him jim peniston jim peniston um he is the security supervisor and he sees these reports from these guys and he's just like you know like whatever happened we're not gonna we're just kind of gonna you know like whatever you saw you know it wasn't probably like that big of a deal there was nothing over there blah 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 so, but it just keeps, like, word keeps spreading, and people keep talking about it, and then um, on the 27th, the night of the 27th, he's at a party, and he gets interrupted, and they're like, that craft is back. So then, then this gets serious, so they, um, they gather, like, it's like a group of four, four people go out there with Jim Pennison as the, um, the main investigator. He... He goes back out to the exact same spot and starts to see um, broken branches, and um, there is um, there's imprints as to where this thing had landed before. So they know that there actually was something, and as they get closer, they start to see um, a white light. A white light starts like blinding them, and as they walk a little bit closer and closer, like they know the, so there's four guys kind of sprawled out, like going through the woods they the radios start like jamming and not really working and these are like short range radios so like it really shouldn't anything shouldn't be jamming them because the signals are pretty strong on those and so but as they get closer they they see like a craft it's triangular shaped craft um in the woods (laughs) and um so he's taking notes um jim pennison is taking notes the whole time and like uh, as he's writing, like you can see, like I've seen they they show pictures of his notes. Like his notes start to take like a change. They change throughout. Like you know, it goes from like clear writing to very like wavy writing. And he would say that like he just he felt really like disoriented and fuzzy. And like um, he started like he experienced time loss, which was strange. And um, they also had Geiger counters. Mm-hmm. So the Geiger counters were were. They weren't like fully going off, but they noticed that there was like slight, slight radiation, which is a lot of times synonymous with like, like unidentified crafts. So, um, why they thought to grab Geiger counters, I don't really know, 
but I guess they don't, you know, you don't know what kind of, sh- you know, what kind of plane or ship or whatever it is crash. So they want to be careful, but like as they get closer, um, they see that this, sh- this ship is like a, like a triangular shaped ship, ship, ship. And, um, he touches it. <laughs> so like, which I think is amazing. Like he just reaches out and touches it and he describes it as like very smooth and very gl- like glass, glassy. Like it feels like he's touching glass and um there's like lights coming from the inside of it like it was like made into the fabric of whatever this thing is made out of and so there's lights kind of glowing and then um he notices these symbols he refers to them as glyphs because they're they're not anything like he's ever seen before and um i did find pictures of them and they are very strange and he would say that like as he touched the glass ship like the closer um, there was like nothing that like they said it was about nine feet wide and about like eight feet tall and um but not like nothing that like anything they'd ever seen before like no like like a cockpit or like it was just seamless triangular shaped thing and there's also some pictures of that it looked like there was kind of like maybe it was like rounded at the top a little bit yeah from the drawings that they yeah made so the drawings look like it's kind of rounded so like like somebody could have be sitting in there so anyway so when he touches the glyphs, they're actually like a different kind of material. But as soon as he touches them, this bright blinding light shines and just completely like messes him up. And he has like, he does not like remember what's happening or where he is. And all of a sudden he would say later on that like, he just started like seeing like these like codes, like these, this one, like ones and zeros and ones and zeros and like the binary code. It just mm-hmm. like popped into his brain for no reason. So whatever he touched on that ship did that. And then um, when he like kind of came came back, it just like raised up and slowly was gone. So that was that. <laughs> yeah. So that was, and then, um, so let's see. What's next? So they go back and... You know, obviously these men are shaken up. Um, there are actual like recordings from when they they experienced this stuff, and um, it's pretty frightening. And um, what they also saw, I didn't mention this part, was um, I was trying to remember. Like I was confused a little bit as to like the timeline of when this when they saw because they saw the ship in the forest, but then they also saw it flying around correct was that a different time yeah so there were a couple different times there was the like they saw it flying around and like landed in the forest and the first time when they went out when the like patrol unit yeah went out to investigate it like all the animals were going crazy and they saw the craft and everything right 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 and then um it left and a couple days later it came back again but there were other people who had reported seeing it and there was some like meteorological stuff that people say happened right but um, with like the reporting, there were discrepancies in the dates that it happened. Right, I remember that. That yeah. was that was bad. That's what kind yeah. of like debunked it at first because that was one of the things. Yeah. One of the things, but um, so I I watched the documentary about it, and it, something like kind of popped into my mind during the documentary because when they were um in the documentary, they described this ship as being like a blue light and a red light, like the red light on top, the blue light. And they don't really describe like what it looked like, but then there was like a second ship, a half moon shaped ship, that was like next to it, 
and um, the in Is the this docu- a History Channel documentary. Yeah, the History doc. Well, I yeah, like there was like yeah. I listened yeah. to the the Supernatural with Ashley Flowers. Her description was mm. really good too. But like the documentary goes into way more detail about what they saw, and what they saw was like he said it looked like like an eye, like a like an eye like opening and closing, like the um, I don't know, like a cornea kind of. And he said it looked like it had like a like a ring of fire around Ooh, like it. the eye of Mordor. <laughs> yeah, like the eye of Mordor just flying around out there. So Saruman was up to his no good business again. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> nerdy, nerdy, nerdy things. <laughs> Um, but he said that it was like spewing out like fiery metal debris. And that got me thinking back to um, the Men in Black episode. In, it was in Washington when um, I, I, the guy's name escaped me. But like he described the ship like doing like the exact same thing over the water, just spewing out the fiery, you know, garbage out of the ship as it was going. But the weird thing is they never found any debris. They never like they never like found any like um any like burn marks or scorch marks or anything but like you could see sh- stuff like flying out of there. But it reminded me of the, the exact same thing and the air force showed up in you know in the men in black one too. And the men in black saw visited that guy. I'm going to I'm going to remember his name. But um it was like the same kind of thing and then um when the reports came back so they all had to like log the reports and um the weird thing was, Penniston, what really got Penniston, like, weirded out is the reports he went back to check from the guys that made him, they were all gone. Mm-hmm. And um, when he were, was to check on them, they were just, like, they just disappeared. They just, there were no, like, you know, like, when you go out on a security check like that, you have to, like, log it. And he said, but all the logs were gone for all the men. And that was really strange. And, um... Oh, and there's, like, radar tapes missing or that had been deleted from that time period as right. well so they couldn't check the radar to see if anything had shown up and and but and they had checked the radar early on and they mm-hmm. said yeah people in the towns nearby had reported things so they there was like they had checked it at one point well yeah they were just missing later on when they went to do this and then Pennison, um he um he made the um oh no i'm sorry it's holt it was the Holt that got involved. That's that's the guy. Whoops. Holt was the one that made like the had the Holt report and he made the tape. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. recorded everything. Yeah. So Holt was the guy who went back the third the the third time, the second time, the second. I think Penniston, time. I think Penniston was there too. Yeah, Penniston but, was there as well. But but Holt was the one that was recording everything. He yeah. was the guy that was like in charge. He was there the first the first one, right? No, he wasn't there the first one. During the like when the the red light in the forest, like he was there for that. I think that was just John Burroughs. No, that was Burroughs and Penniston. And that like was, the, there was a there was the like patrol team. That was the patrol team. And then they they had radioed it back to Holt. That's right. And then Holt went out the second night. Well and it came back the second night Holt went out. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. A lot of people, a lot of times, a lot of places. There's a lot of places. yeah, it's it's <laughs> like when you when you like research it, it's different all the time. Not different, but like well, it's they tough focus, too because the focus is different. Yeah, and that's one of the things about this is there's like a lot of stories that line up pretty well, and there's a lot of accounts that don't line up at all too. Well, and that's yeah, that's see, that's sort of the confusing part, and and like that's kind of like gets into the conspiracy part of it that like, mm-hmm. um, so the 
the the Ministry of Defense shows up. The uh, the Ministry of Defense shows up, and the um, the Air Force, like the higher ups in the Air Force, show mm-hmm. up. And that's when things get really weird for these guys. So like, there are reports that like like John Burroughs was definitely the first guy that like reported it, but like his his reports are the ones that disappeared. And like he he gets screwed over like majorly throughout all of this because like he starts to get sick later on and he starts to have like problems later on and um he he has like problems that are like synonymous with like radiation exposure and when he goes to like tell them about it they're like they denied that he worked for them <laughs> yeah but and then later on though the um like the government actually admitted that they he had he received medical treatment for injuries and health issues sustained during this incident yeah later on so something happened to him yeah something happened to him and they denied him at first and then they like came around because like he's like i yeah i work for the air force guys (laughs) like i yeah i saw it (laughs) yeah so yeah so anyway so yeah it's kind of confusing this is definitely not the podcast to solve it well the reason i the reason i bring it up is just because like i listened to a podcast um called a different perspective with Kevin Randall and Kevin Randall is a retired U S army Lieutenant Colonel. And he had Colonel Holt on the, on the show. And, um, and he, and he said, you know, is it weird that you had like a recording device on you? And he goes, no, I didn't want to take notes. So I always had a recording device on me. So I would just, go to a meeting and then just give it to my secretary and she would like type out the whole thing. Yeah. So it wasn't weird that he had a recording device on him. Like that was just very par for the course for him. Right. That's yeah, the only the, reason I bring it up. Yeah. And the tape's real easy to find too. If you just go on like the Rendlesham forest, like Wikipedia page, yeah, it's on there. It's real creepy to listen to because you can hear them like real time as they're seeing all these lights in the forest and they're just freaking out, not knowing what's happening. Yeah. Well, and so, and there, and there's like a few like major players, um, you know, like John Burroughs was the first one. He really like affected Bud Stevens. You don't really like hear much about him afterwards. Like he, I don't, I think that he just kind of like, they didn't say much about him. Like he's not really like in it later on. Like John Burroughs definitely like had a lot of medical issues and I think Penniston did as well. I think Penniston, was he the one that had the ear, the weird ear problem? I think so. Yeah. So he later on had developed like some sort of disease that like messed with like his hearing and um that is something that was synonymous with radiation exposure so like all these guys like had experienced something and something like caused them to have issues but like when the the air force gets involved um a lot of them their statements that were they gave like their original statements um i think it was penison or or holt I'm not sure which guy it was, but he was his statement was handed back to him, and like most of it was like redacted. And they're like, "This is the real. This is the story you need to tell." Yeah, it was super watered down versions of what actually happened. Right, that they exactly. were forced him to give in. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, that's when like all this stuff just kind of like gets very, very strange. And um, um, going back to the the crafts, the half moon craft that they saw on the second night. Um, it didn't just like stay in the like the forest area. It actually like moved on and went towards the base. 
and it was um they said that like when, when they first saw it that it shot that like it like knew that they were there and that they um they they felt like it wasn't a craft that was unmanned like there was somebody in it because they said it noticed them and it shined like a bright light like right down on the ground and it like almost like surveying around and they said later on that it would fly over to um, I believe it was Woodbridge. I think Woodbridge is kind of like the main one where things were happening. That there were like a few of these like cement bunkers, and you can see them. Like mm-hmm. you can still see it now. Like it's not like an active. It's open. It's all open to the public. You can go like walk around it. Right. Exactly. Like, it's, it's no longer like in use. But they there was speculation that they had some sort of um, like nuclear weapons in there. Yeah. And like it's never been proven. Obviously, they're not gonna like tell us. But it, like, most likely there was a nuclear. Most likely there was something funky in there that they didn't want to know. And like this, the ship was going right over it and shining a light on it, like right into like the like I don't know if they have windows. Probably not. But like um, shining its light on it, and then like they would disappear. And like there was like reports all over in the town about this stuff. So so there's a lot going on. So can I ask you guys to clarify something? So it was the the Royal Air Force or whatever, but this is like these are United States Air Force. Yeah, correct. So and, and, and it takes place in like the biggest U.S. like or European Air Force, European based Air uh, American Air Force base, right? I believe so. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there it was there to like support if anything like went crazy in the Cold War. Because this is the time when Cold War was still at its height, mm. they would like they were there if they needed to provide support to Europe, like if Russia did anything. Okay. So I mean, it was well staffed. They were all super well trained. There was like, I want to say it was over sixty different like U.S. Air Force members. Um, and remember, these are guys that are trained, very highly trained to stay cool under pressure, to be very observant. And there was like 60, I think it was like 60 of them that saw something that night. And mm-hmm. they were a part of like the searches and everything. Yeah. So, I mean, these are credible people. Way more credible than most. Sightings. UFO sightings. Yeah. Which is one of the things that makes it so compelling. It is It is very compelling. Good point. And, and then, um, I think it was in the documentary, was it, was it Holt that was talking? And he was saying like, I, he's the one, I know it was Pennison that had the journal. Mm-hmm. Pennison had the journal and he was just like you know like we're trained to like observe these th- like uh, observe things he's like but I he's like I was not trained to do what I had to do yeah <laughs> and he was like very shaken by it and you can tell by his notes and like so Pennison is like a big is a big deal because like he I think he of all of them was the most messed up because he touched it <laughs> yeah and so like he was the one that had the ear infection and then um go back to like the weird binary code Mm -hmm. so like he said that like he suffered from like um like sleep problems and he developed that ear infection thing and like disease and um like i said most of the people who were like directly in contact with it had radiations like which is super similar in tracks with many other ufo sightings yeah and close encounters exactly so like these things are obviously powered by some sort of like nuclear like I don't know. Or something we just don't understand. Something we don't yeah. understand. And and that kind of like brings up the question, but like so he had um this binary code and so he he finally like starts to like talk to someone about it and like he starts to like he writes it all out and he said that like as he wrote it out, he felt 
better when he like finally like gets this binary code out of his mind but then like when he starts to like investigate it, and this isn't until years later that he starts to investigate it mm-hmm. like um this happens in the 80s and I, I i feel like it wasn't until like the 2000s where he it was in the 2000s yeah. yeah when he finally starts to like do this and like so this guy's been suffering a long time and when he does like the binary code is like um they're like coordinates mm-hmm their coordinates for like major um, uh, things like the like the Nazca lines, like um, a few like sightings, the Great Pyramids, the Great Pyramids. So they're like a all mythical, like a mythical island. Yeah, I don't remember what, was what it's it? called. Wasn't there something in uh, in um, like a Apollos? What am I talking about? I don't know. Yeah, I think we're I think we're talking about the same thing. Yeah, with like the mythical. Yeah, Ireland, the advantage like that's supposed to be like off the coast of Ireland or something. And, oh, okay. And somewhere in Greece too. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so like this, these were like coordinates, yeah. and so like no, so it was legit binary code, and this guy had no reason, no binary, but very like, like no, but, but but very like specific like places in like history, you mm-hmm. know, like I mean the pyramids, just take that one, like that one just in and of itself is like. People really don't know how these things were built. Like, I mean, people, you know, some people will say they know, but like, we don't. Do know. they? No, you know? they don't. And and the weird thing is, like, the crafts are all triangular shaped too. So, like, the pyramids have something to do with that. They're like telling us something. But anyway, so he he gets this binary code out and starts discovering all this stuff, and then. Um, he goes to um, like hip has hypnotherapy done, which if all of you out there have like researched about it, which I'm sure I'm sure you all have. I'm sure you're all top notch on your hypnotherapy. You're talking um, about Peniston though? Yeah, Peniston now. Yeah. He had hypnotherapy done, which hypnotherapy can be very revealing, but it can also be slightly deceiving. Cause you when you can actually like I've like listened to stuff about this where you can like develop false memories, mm-hmm. but the memories that this guy has are like that when he touched the ship that the ship that like, he like knew all this stuff and like during this like like hypnotic seven uh, like session he would say that like the ship was there like repairing itself it was like landed there because it like needed repairs and that when he like touched the symbol that it like like uh, reacted and like like started like downloading some sort of information into his mind and that he started remembering um like during like some of his like um interrogations on this with the air force that they gave him like sodium like sodium pentothal pentothal which is like you know truth serum Mm -hmm. and that like but a side effect of sodium pentothal is that you you have memory loss of the time you've taken it so like you tell everything that you know during those times, but you can't remember anything past it. But so this hypnotherapy comes into play, and he starts remembering all this stuff. And then he starts telling people that um, that the the ships were were completely manned, and that it wasn't like creatures on it. It was like people, but they weren't like from our time. And then it, and then he starts mentioning you know our favorite thing, <laughs> time travel. <laughs> and he said that the people that were on this ship were from the year 8100 and that they were investigating all these different time periods and different things and that that binary code was like their more or less like their map to where they were going or where they've been. 
There's Penson. <laughs> yeah. So, and like you said, a lot of this stuff came out years and years mm-hmm. later. Like it was. So, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> and I want to. I want to add as like, as a side note that um, in the podcast I was talking about with Holt, like um, he was the only one that didn't go under like this psychotherapy with you know drugs and hypnosis and stuff like that, and. And he said that like Peniston and what was the other guy who was there? Burroughs? Burroughs. He said those guys completely changed after that. Yeah. Like they were not, they were never the same people they were prior to that. And Holt was the only one that didn't undergo that. And he said those guys never were the same. Like they were always just not the same person. Just completely different people. And I, I know Holt is in, in contact and is friends with Peniston still to this day, but but he said that they they never came back. Like they just were were always, you know, like Holt. I think considers himself still kind of the same guy. You know, obviously changing the normal ways that everyone does. But he said those two guys like never came back. And Burroughs, he said, is just like a weird guy. Yeah. He's like he's like that guy, just a weird guy. He didn't have any friends. Like, he's just a strange dude. But he's like, Peniston was, like, super, super... Like, they were grooming him for, like, super high up positions. And, like... like, But he just never was the same after that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's weird because... Like, that was your footnote. That, no, that's a good footnote. And then, um, who was the guy that had, like, the men in black? Was that Peniston? Or was that Holt? No, that was... Um... Or Burroughs. No, that was none of them. That was the uh, what's his name, Larry uh, Watson. What? No, hold on, I'll find it. I'm like, same. Larry Warren. Larry Warren. Yeah, that was Larry Warren. Who? Talk about that, Nick. Yeah. So Larry Warren was the first guy that really brought all of this to public, like consciousness. This all happened in the eighty, then in nineteen eighty. And then there's the Holt memo that was written a few weeks later, which is a big thing that people point to. Like, oh, why did it take him so long to, like, write the memo down and everything? Well, you know, it takes a while. There wasn't internet. There wasn't email. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, it, and it was a voice memo that his secretary had to translate. Probably. Yeah, well, no, they, he had the, well, he had that, but he also had, like, a statement that he had to sign mm. and oh. everything, and which he says was a very watered-down version of it. Um, that they kind of forced him to sign. If they saw like a like a light tower or whatever. Yeah, well, that they they told everybody that was witness to it, like, hey, this was the this was the lighthouse that you saw. Lighthouse that was rotating. Light which we'll tower. get to. Yeah, we'll get to the lighthouse. But um, yeah, so Larry Warren, he did a freedom. There's a Freedom of Information Act that in '83 um, in America, which said like brought the Holt memo to light and then he was like oh yeah i was there da, 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 da. and he wrote this book claiming all sorts of stuff about this and how like they threatened him with they threatened his life if he talked about it and everything which i mean obviously isn't cr- super real because so many people talk about this now yeah <laughs> um but and he was later proven to be like a big big fraud made up a lot of stuff stole parts of different stories redid them all sorts of things um, and this is Larry Warren. Yes, Larry Warren. He wrote the book. Uh, is it Left at the East Gate? I think it was called. And was he? And he was one of. The, was he one of the four? No, he was part. Of, he was. Uh, 
he was there. Like, he was one of the people searching. Nobody remembers him being there. Like, everybody <laughs> says that he wasn't. They never talked to him. Like, he was on this base for a couple of weeks. He ended up getting dishonorably discharged, like, nine months into his Air Force career. Nice. Like, he was crazy, and he's capitalizing on it. Like, this guy also, like, photoshopped himself into pictures with, like, John Lennon and, like, Stevie Ray Vaughan and stuff and was selling, like, fake memorabilia. Like, who was the lady that he, that John Lennon... Yoko? No, like, when they broke up for a minute, there was another... Adele? Asian, no. Adele. Adele. No, there was another Asian woman Taylor that Swift. he was with. Um, but he was like, oh, yeah, these are John Lennon's glasses or something like that that she gave me while they were dating. So and this, this guy just and this girl came out and was like, no, that didn't happen. What? <laughs> so, like, he auctioned off this, uh, like, I think he auctioned off, like, one of Stevie Ray Vaughan's hats or something. And <laughs> at, like, an auction house. And then the auction house had to refund the guy that bought it because oh. they found out it was fake. Like, this guy is just, <laughs> oh my gosh. he's something else. So he's, he's incredible. A, he's, he's a giant, s- giant fraud. <laughs> oh, and boy. that's where a lot of the information from this story comes from. And that's why it's a lot of so convoluted and there's just so many different parts to it. Because uh, a lot of fake news. He was the like he was the one that got discharged from the military, so he could tell a story. All the other guys were still active military, they were career guys, they were there forever. They couldn't talk about it for right. years and years and years and years. Until they retired. Yeah. So he had the first guy so he got to basically set the narrative for it. And then these other guys had to fight back against it. Well, and then, like, the Holt memo, so what made that less credible was that he, he messed up the dates. Yes, he wrote the wrong date. So people were looking at the, like, radar for the wrong dates right. and, like, police reports for the wrong dates and everything. And so, like, the researchers spent, like, 20 years looking at the wrong date for all of this. Um, and so it was, like, so there were certainly some issues with that. Yeah. But, I mean, between, like, they went out, you can see, like, they took pictures of, like, the burn marks and stuff. There's a few pictures left. But a lot of this stuff is still classified. Like, it's still yeah, and just in the vaults of the Ministry of Defense and the U.S. It's not going to get released. And I'm sure there's some answers in there. Oh, sure. But well, and it, and it kind of, like I said, it brings me back to, like, the Men in Black era. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me a lot of when... When the Air Force gets involved, you know, because, like, the Air Force has been, like, synonymous with, like... Well, and this is, what, 25 years after Project Blue Book was closed down? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, so they're just, like, you know, like, we don't have to talk about it, you know, like, yeah. this stuff anymore, guys. Like, like it's fine. But well, they like, decided it wasn't, a, like, and then, the, like, it seemed like they didn't want to handle it because it didn't happen on base. It happened off base. So they passed it off, They right. and they used, like, the memo to try to get, like, the British attention and then they finally looked at it and they're like you know what it's not really a national security issue which is weird because if you think you have an incursion that close to the base that's probably and on the base it's probably holding like nuclear material you'd think that'd be a bigger deal but it points to a cover-up too it does so like because you don't want to admit like if it like one of the big theories out there is that it was a um like a russian plane or something that went down Right. And neither the, neither America or Britain are going to want to admit that there was that big of a breach of defenses. <laughs> like, somebody got that close. Well, and that's what leads you to wonder, like, was it something they were doing? Was it something we were doing? Because the, yeah. the Air Force, like I said, like, going back to the Men in Black days, like, you've got, like, the Men in Black, they would show up when this stuff would happen, mm-hmm. you know, 
get to kind of like bully people into not talking. Mm-hmm. Then you've got like, um, you know, like I said, like you've got like that craft that like is really similar to like that issue that he saw the same thing triangular shaped mm-hmm. thing landing you know like spewing out the metal then like they show up and they're like no 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 no. all of a sudden like the people who are involved are like discredited so like and then the air force has also been known to like give false information to people oh yeah because they want you off of the case of like what they're actually doing mm-hmm. so it kind of leads me to believe that like whatever was going on like somebody knew that it was happening but these guys didn't. Or they didn't know it was happening necessarily and something went wrong. And then they had to scramble and right. figure out what happened at that. Because there were massive teams of people that went out there. That, yeah. Like a whole bunch of people saw that were searching for things and like investigating and doing all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And I and mean. Like, and they saw stuff. Like what they yeah, saw. No, was everybody like real, saw something. And it was bizarre and, and nothing and the, like we have. Because yeah. they said they. That's the always thing that like makes me like think is like. The way these ships move, like, we don't even have technology now that moves like that. Yeah. You know, and they, there are, Not like, public, at least. Not publicly, but, like, but still. Yeah. Like, you know, like, to me, it would say that, like, if you were testing something like that, you know, Christmas, the day after Christmas would when be a perfect day. When there's a whole lot of people not on base. Yeah, people are not going to be on yeah. base. It's going to be, you know, it's like the dead of winter. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like, you know, people aren't going to be out. Like, you're not going to in test England. This stuff. It's not like it's a like nice tropical paradise. Like, <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. It's, it's cold and gross yeah. there all the time. Yeah, but amazing. Yeah. Um, sorry, England. But um, yeah. So I mean, if somebody were testing something, yeah. that would be the perfect time to do it. Yeah. You know, winter time. You know, and it always seems to be, it's always around Air Force bases that this stuff yeah. happens. Air Force bases. And large bodies of woods. Yeah, well, one thing I heard, I don't remember where it is, I'm sorry, but um, your theory but like, why it's always kind of around Air Force bases is it's not necessarily, like, not actually seeing what you think you're seeing necessarily. Like, it's somebody trying to, it's like them trying to project an image to get you to understand. Like, they're trying to find some kind of common ground of something you would like something you would recognize to try to communicate. So Air Force, like Air Force bases, military bases, they deal with a lot of, a lot of technology, a lot of flying stuff. And so they may, may be more receptive to that kind of sure image right, exactly. and be able to understand it more. Right. So it's an attempt to communicate perhaps. Well, and then, yeah, it leads me to, do you think it's extraterrestrial? See, I don't, it's definitely the most compelling case I've ever heard. Yeah. For something to actually be like extraterrestrial, for sure. Sure. Um, but let's talk about like let's talk about the lighthouse because yeah. that's a big that's a big thing. Um, where in the um, like in all of the reports about like them debriefing them and telling like telling the statements, it's always like, okay, well, you saw the lighthouse. That's what you saw. Right. And so the lighthouse, it rotates every five seconds, just like the recording where they see this flashing light. Right. But if you go back to the original statements, like with Holt, they mentioned the lighthouse too. Yeah. Like they, they're like, they're okay. Aware that it was there. They're, they're aware that it's there. They're like, okay, there's this light. We see the lighthouse light and there's these other flashing lights that are next to it. Like over to the side. Sure. So they're acknowledging that it's there. 
but there's something in addition to it as well. Exactly. Well, well, and it's and it's so many years later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, like, like I said, I keep going back to that one. You know, the first, like, the Men in Black issue. I, I, I'm definitely gonna like figure out that guy's name because it's driving me absolutely crazy. But like, to me, it says that they're do they were doing something they obviously just like didn't want people to know about. You know what I mean? Like, it makes me think that they. That there was, like, testing going on. You know what I mean? Besides yeah, us. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if it it's was possible, us. for sure. Like, because, like I said, Penniston have that, like, you know, the weird revelation about, like, um, oh, it's time travelers from another time and the binary code and all that kind of stuff. Like, ah. Yeah, I mean. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's one of the things that makes it so, I keep going back to the word compelling because it's, I mean, it just it draws it to you. Like, it is there are so many things about it that, like, people thought, like, the, the burn marks in the ground and, like, the tracks that um, Holt and Pendleton, they actually took, like, um, what's it called? They went out there with, like, plaster, basically, and made molds yeah. of what they found. Um, they saw, people call it, like, rabbit tracks. Like, rabbits, like, digging around. Oh, sure. And stuff like that. And, I mean, sure, maybe. But... Between that, the radiation, like how many reliable people saw this? Like, I don't know if it's a mixture because there's a meteor. That was another thing. There's a fireball in the sky that a lot of astronomers have around this time have attributed to this. Right. Let's say, okay, well, they saw that explains the shooting off things. Like there's a fireball that broke up in the general area. Oh, right. Around that time. So, I mean, could it be... Just a combination of it. There's the lighthouse. There's the fireball. There was, like, I don't know. Well, something the, happened. Something it, like, definitely it, happened. Like I know, I I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's extraterrestrial. Might be. I mean, I am a firm believer that there are extraterrestrials out there. Have they ever visited us? I don't know. Well, yeah, you've got undecided. These, well, you've got all these people saying but, that like we've been making treaties with them and like we know about them and like yeah. But, see, I don't buy most of that stuff. But that's credible people saying that. Yeah, Israel. You know, the Israeli Minister of Defense says that yeah. in his like retirement. Like, doesn't care. Doesn't care that like anyone knows. You know, have yeah. you read that thing? I have. It's he makes some very large claims. He does, and, and my thing with that, like, with that kind of claim is there are so many people that have to be involved. Yeah, and. There's so much stuff that have to be covered up and kept secret. And with the amount of, like, amateur astronomers and amateur observers that are out there, they wouldn't necessarily be beholden to, like, these secrets. Like, they're going to see something. It's going to come out. It's not going to be just, like, one guy saying this in his retirement. There's one old guy saying this in his retirement. Like... But a super credible guy. Not like, oh, I know. Well, and and you've got like uh, let's see, like Nick Pope. Nick Pope used to be like uh, oh yeah, you know the British like uh, he was like in the he was like not the Minister of Defense, but like he was like in the Ministry of Defense. Yeah, he was pretty high up. He was high up in like, but in like because like Britain has like a UFO division. Yeah. So like, obviously that like there's so many signs that tell you that there are things out there that we can't explain and like. Oh sure. They believe it is alien, which 
like I don't know if it is actual alien <clears throat> or if it's like we're doing weird stuff, but like you've got like like Roswell's like 1947, and then okay, so here's his name, same same year 1947, Harold Dahl in Maury Dahl. Island. Yep. Dahl. That's right. That's right. You know Thank what you. what he saw was what they saw, over, like more yeah. or less. You know yeah. what I mean? Same kind of thing. And then who gets involved? Air Force. I mean, obviously it's Air Force base, but like. You know, and the Air Force has been known to like to lie to people, to give false information, to get people off the track of what they're doing. But mm-hmm. like, if you're doing this stuff in 1947 and then 1980, like, that's a huge gap. That's like <clears throat> a lot of yeah. math in years. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. Some math years there. Sorry, I don't know how many years. Yeah, and like I said, I don't discount the possibility. Like, it just makes me. It just makes me think that like, there's so many connections. You know, like yeah. once you start getting into like the whole UFO thing and like. Mm-hmm. You start to figure out like there's so many little like it's just such a shame you know, that those little, little red yarn lines and yeah it's just such a shame that Larry Warren just like screwed it up so bad <laughs> with all of his like craziness about like handshaking with the like aliens and like seeing them and like made all these outrageous claims mm-hmm. and right just like just all got proved like he just made most of it up and stole it from other people and like that was the that was the narrative that started all of it but here in the public but, consciousness but okay so like and let's let's all let's entertain this theory for a minute because i'm just gonna it's off the cuff for a second yeah so if you were trying to cover something up wouldn't you give information to someone who is extremely uncredible <clears throat> well he wasn't uncredible at the time though but when but he's found out to be uncredible in now, incredible? yes. Is that the right word? Non-credible, maybe? Non-credible? Incredible? Not incredible. No, that's something else. I find all this incredible. Thank you, Matt. I mean, Mike. Mike? <laughs> no one's ever going to know who no I actually No one's going to know who you are. We all know who you are. Or do we? Aaron's spy. Aaron, what do you think? Well, I'm I'm just looking at Google Maps, and you can go camping in the forest so I yeah would, no they've got a they recommend a, that yeah they've got a ufo trail now and <laughs> i would look at the <laughs> like dead serious uh, i do think the got like play areas for kids and stuff i'm looking at the orfordness beacon which is the lighthouse it's the assuming. lighthouse yep and it does kind of line up with your sight path oh it absolutely if you're does. looking from the mo from the the Air Force space through the forest right yeah it absolutely so does i'm and just i'm just fact checking over here but I like I, it. I'm I like also it. like dreaming about camping in a forest where, and it's kind of creepy because when you look at it from Google, they they I think there's a somebody put like a UFO monument there. But mm-hmm. when you don't know that at first, and you zoom in on the forest, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> there oh, there's is. a UFO on Google Maps, just like a big old UFO in the middle. Yeah, of the there is. But yeah, no, and like the lighthouse, I mean, that tracks because the in the original reporting, they were like, yeah, they saw like, the lighthouse and then they saw this other stuff too. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, wouldn't you give people who are like, okay, if I were trying to cover something up, I would give like all the information to someone who's completely not credible, who's just going to go on to be whatever. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? Because like, where's the best place to hide something? Plain sight. Correct. You know what I mean? Like, because I mean, like, you know, if you draw a straight line, 100% straight line, you're going to be right. But if you make it like a 90, if you draw a 98 degree line it's gonna get real far off by the end yeah like real far off and i think that that's what they do in a lot of these cases like when stuff happens well he's probably doing trying to do it for his own gain 
Yeah. You know, oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, exactly. You're like trying to make money. You write a book. Well, he like, knew nobody else could talk about it. Like nobody else could go out and refute him about anything he said. And like the guy that he wrote the book with, I don't remember his name. Um, I should remember it. But I mean, he's basically completely disowned him at this point because they're like, right. He would worked with him for like 30 plus years and like believed this guy. Oh, sure. And well, because I'm sure that yeah. part of what he said was true. Oh yeah, like, I'm sure that no, like, he, there like, are parts I, that are. I'm sure he truth. was actually there, like he was part of the search and everything. Well, but I feel like that happens in like criminal cases and stuff too, yeah. like where you get like a a suspect that will go off, like they'll they'll take that at, like the attention that they're getting from oh, like, for the sure. media and just like they go off on like a mm-hmm. weird tangent where like it's just like this self attention seeking tangent basically. Well, yeah, I've watched a lot of like document like like serial killer documentaries and like during like um like during like son of sam and during mm. like um like the night stalker the richard ramirez ramirez mm. case like like the, you've got like you know like the main people trying to like solve it you know what i mean but you get so many like for one you start getting copycats and then you start getting false information then you get people playing pranks and like that's one of the theories that like went into this was like oh it was just like a big prank and like they were trying to yeah. like screw with them, and that was like the lighthouse and the tower, and like all that kind of stuff. And they're yeah. just like, like, well, there was one guy trying to cover it up. There was one guy I don't remember his name, but he said like this was years after it actually happened. Like he came out, he's like, oh, you know what? This really reminds me of this prank I played, where like I dressed my jeep up in a bunch of different lights and drove around the forest to make people think there was a UFO. Right. It's like Nathan, stop no, it. You didn't. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Do no, that. you didn't. You didn't. That didn't happen at an Air Force base. Right. Like, <laughs> he was playing like, prank on an Air Force base. Yeah, so like, like you no. didn't do that. No. But. Do you guys want me, want me to read you what uh, Halt had uh, absolutely not said on about his, like, yes. viewing of. Yes, the UFOs. I wish you would. It's yes. kind of interesting. I don't know. Like Please just do to me. hear from like the horse's mouth. Yeah. Um, so he said when he when he looked up, um, like without binoculars, it just looked like a like a like a bl- kind of a blinding white blob. Sure. But um, some of the guys had binoculars, and when they looked at it, um, the bright white light. <clears throat> uh, he said there was. You know, when he when he saw it, there was no discernible shape, but when people looked in binoculars, it was like a huge mothership. Gigantic. Like a gigantic mothership with small orbs. And he thinks they're that are they craft, drones coming off and on of the yeah. ship. Um and he said that there there were at least five objects that he saw. And then, like, in, I guess the second night is what you guys were saying, where he was involved. He saw a glowing orange slash red, like, object with a dark center, like you're talking about the, the eye of uh, Sauron, Sauron. <laughs> in, the, in the field in front of him. <clears throat> um, he said it didn't touch the ground, but it was, it was dripping sparks, is how he said it. Right. Until it got closer. And then they tried to investigate, and it moved horizontally, like dodging trees as it moved through the, yeah. the forest. Um, and 
then when they tried to get close, it, it, it suddenly exploded like a firework into white objects and, and disappeared. So that's, that's a first-hand account from, uh, from Halt there. Well, it, it sounds like, um, uh, what, what do they call it? Like chaff? You know, like uh, you can shoot, like, do you know what chaff is? No. So, like, you can shoot off like a, like, if you're um, shooting like a home, like, if you're like in a jet and you're shooting like a, like a, like a heat seeking missile, they have like the stuff that, like, in like jets where they can shoot, it's called chaff, where it, like shoots off like these sparks to like distract it. Cause, like, oh, like flares you, or something? Yeah, they're like okay. almost like little flares to okay. like get you distracted. So, like, if something were at entering the atmosphere or like coming through a dimensional portal, sorry, I just I have to oh, it's possible. Maybe. It's always possible. You know what I mean? Got from the portals. I mean, yeah, it's one of the major theories. Okay, portals, time travel, always got to be part of it. Anyway, so um, it does. Yeah. So like, if if I were to be, you know, if I'm driving the ship and I don't want people, if I'm gonna throw off the radar, you know, like what, what radar senses like movement and like probably heat mm. signatures and all that kind of stuff. If you were trying to like disguise like what you were doing, like you would shoot off like chaff sure you know what i mean so it's just it just baffles me that like this stuff happens in like 1946 and then it happens in like 1980 and like nowadays it's like how could you even decipher it there's so many fakes and there's so much there's just so much information like unless you firsthand accounted it and even then it's that's like firsthand accounts are even like super discredited yeah so that's what makes this weird um one thing I will bring up, so I have like a source, like I know someone who was um, a military police in Area 51. I won't mention their name at all, but like they had told me a story, and I think I mentioned this before when we were talking about aliens, that like he had seen like a triangular shaped craft like down mm-hmm. underneath hovering off the ground, and he had sent me a video uh, it was it was like a TikTok video, and it was like showing like this uh, the the same triangular shaped craft on like a like a somebody took like a drone picture or something like on like a like a aircraft carrier in the ocean, and like it had like a weird triangular shaped craft on it, and he was like, "That's what I saw. That's what I saw," and like when you go back to Pendle- Pendant Pennison's no that name is so hard to say. Pennison, Pennison's notes when he draws the craft, like it's the same thing. So like I know someone firsthand who like witnessed that thing. You know what I mean? So like that thing's been around for a long time, like a really long time. Yeah, and well, that's I mean that's super close to the shape of like a stealth bomber or anything too. Right, like, they have the like the triangle shape and everything. But it's the movement that's different. Yeah, it's the movement Cause, that's cause, far like, different. They can move like up and down, and like mm-hmm. that's one thing that like they describe in like. Um, all the like the way those things moved is they were like lightning fast that they like could move so fast up and so fast down and like and horizontal and horizontal and dodge trees like we don't have like to our knowledge like i'm sure we have stuff that does stuff. well it's like i don't know if stealth bomber can't move like that no no no, No, absolutely not but it's like 1980 like this is 1980 yeah well bob lazar um oh yeah you like if you ever read his book Dreamland or like watch the documentary, like he t- talks a lot about that. Um, 
like the different shapes of like area 51 like and yeah. the, that's exactly what he describes mm-hmm. is the stuff that he saw like that kind of it's a really common description yeah, it really among, reminded me of bob lazar's yeah 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 well I which mean, his book is great if you guys haven't read it i, I, I saw his documentary on new netflix yeah so. the book is really good too i'll let okay. you borrow it if you want All right. nice yeah so i have another thing to add oh yeah add some stuff so in the interview with with Holt, he mentioned this guy is like a pure military guy, oh, like yeah. a non BS, like he's a career shooter. career guy, career guy, yeah. yeah. And he actually didn't. For one, I will say two things. One, he did not want the, the, this to become public, and because this this information did not have to become public and and someone contacted them i can't remember the name of the person who made this public and they said you know just to let you know we're going to make this public and i said please please don't and they're like why and they're like because and he said our entire lives are going to revolve around this if you make this public and like they're they're like official statements and stuff mm. like that He's not wrong. And, and the person released anyway. And, and so there's a whole bunch of drama on that. So, like, the difference between, like, the like, American UFO crowd and the British UFO crowd, like, there was some serious drama on that. It's only to the press. Really? Yeah. yeah and, he's, he's, and he said all of a sudden, once it was released, like, he had BBC One, BBC Two, like, all these people, like, reaching out to him. And, and that, that's been his entire life since then. He wrote a book, um, but he wrote the book to set the record straight from all the people that, like, had just put disinformation out there. He's not even he the the press the the publisher wants to reprint it like for a second edition. He doesn't even want to. Like he's you know, he just made a statement and he's like, I'm good. Um, but like I thought that was kinda interesting. Like he did not want any of that to be out there. But it was and he's dealing with it. He's not he's not trying to profit, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like he he, he wrote a book not to profit and to make money. He wrote a book to just set the record straight. Yeah clarify the second thing that he he mentioned is that um just north of the of the base is um botley village which is the house or the not the house it's the home of uh british witchcraft Hmm. oh which is kind of interesting and then the um Orfordness, where the lighthouse is, is where they worked on all all kinds of nuclear, highly classified stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of weird stuff that happened like right around where they saw the sightings. And you know, he said, "Well, take that as as you will. I don't know if it's if it's related or not, but we're known at this podcast for making it all related." Well. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, when you get to the bottom of these things, when you start to, like, you know, you have, like, the initial thing that happens, and then once you start to, like, you know, hit the ground and, like, kind of sprawl out, you start to find little things around that are strange. You know what I mean? Like, aliens or extraterrestrials or UFOs start to show up around places that have, like, very high concentrated areas of nuclear weapons or devices or things like that so that to you know because like that's like earth destroying you know what i mean Mm. so if if, you know if extraterrestrials are real they're monitoring what we're doing 
That's a school. What's the school thing? School thing? That we uh, covered a while back. Oh, the in Africa. Oh, in uh, Africa. Africa, yeah. Aerial school? Aerial school, like, that was a big thing about, like, you know, the aliens had the... Don't the, destroy the world. That message seems to be very consistent Yeah, with, with UFO-like sightings and, like, other things that we're going to get. Some topics, some future topics we're going to get into... Um, have similar similar uh, similar messages, but that that whole message about like nuclear weapons, don't destroy the world, seems to be a very very prominent um, bullet point with these with these extraterrestrials, and we haven't yet destroyed the world with nuclear weapons, so maybe they have had a hand in it, possibly. Well, yeah, and that's and that's where you gotta like. You gotta wonder, you know, like some of these factors are us, some of these factors are not us. Like, you know, there's God, there's extraterrestrial. Are they one and the same? We've talked about it many times on here. You know, we are doing things that we shouldn't do. We're beyond like, like we're at like Earth destroying level, and something out there in the universe is saying, hey. Stop. <laughs> Stop what you're doing. So eventually we got to get to uh, Valiant Thor. Oh, man. That's going to be the next one, yeah. Do that's guys, a good one. Do you guys realize that this this episode is the 50th episode? Let's pop some champagne, yeah, baby. Yeah, dude. Let's pop some, pop some bottles. Anyway, this is the 50th episode, guys. Were you going to play something on your some of the footage or no? No, I mean it's real long. Yeah, we're gonna we're okay. gonna throw it in later on. Later right. on, we're gonna throw in a clip at some point. Well, we can post a link to it too. Yeah, post a link or toss it in there. Yeah, yeah you guys have to look up the um, if you've like you've made it this far. We love you very much, and I would definitely. I found it on DuckDuckGo, but you can find the whole tape. It's like twenty minutes long. Yeah, it's just on the Wikipedia page. If you or go to Rendlesham Forest. If you want to be tracked, yeah. If you want to be tracked, if you want to be tracked, use Google. Or you, you can just go tracked. to Wikipedia on DuckDuckGo. There you go, and not be tracked, and not be tracked, and still find it easily, and still find it. But you should listen to it because, like, these guys witnessed something, and it was very crazy. You can tell. You can tell that it was real, and like, like I said, please look up this information, look into it. Like, we just kind of like skim the. It's a very, very brief overview of a very, it. Very, a, very there's a so much out there. I like. All right, so final theories time. Final theories time. Who wants to go first? Not me. Not Matt or mm. Mike. I'll go. <laughs> All right, Nick. Um, final theory. Yeah. So I mean, this is, in my opinion, it's the most compelling case of UFOs that is out there that I've heard of. Um, I don't. It very well. Something happened. There's too many people that saw something. There, there are so many different inconsistencies. I don't think we'll know. And so much stuff still classified. I don't think we'll ever know truly what happened for sure. Um, but I lean towards the. There was some kind of like Russian craft that came down, and people saw it, and it was a combination of different things, like the either like the lighthouse and the fireball and everything else. Um, that seems the most like reasonable i guess but 
I mean, really, with this one, it's it very well could be like they're an actual like extraterrestrial thing. Like it's there's too much that so if isn't it is, easily explainable. If it is extraterrestrial, like what do you think? What do you think it is? Well, it's obviously not too bad because they haven't killed us all yet. True. <laughs> like, do so, you think that is? Do you think it's like a, a protection thing, kind of like the aerial school? I think if there's something that has the technology to get to us and to show up, uh, we are an ant <laughs> to that to to their but human sized creature. To, to your but but. Like they, if if it is that they do care enough to warn us, maybe I don't know if it I don't know if it's necessarily a warning or if it's just a, an observation thing. It very well could be a warning, like hey, we've been through this, we've seen this with different civilizations throughout. Or is it time traveler? That, that's also an option. Yeah, because I mean, with the technology that we can currently dream of there's nothing that would allow anybody to get from one galaxy to another in a lifetime. Obviously there could be something that we haven't even ever dreamed of and probably never will within our lifetimes. Um, But to travel that kind of distance, it makes sense to do some kind of time travel thing, whether it be through like a wormhole or however travel through time and space. Do you give a lot of uh, credence to um, Peniston's like uh, recollections of his code and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean that's one of the things that makes it so compelling. I think is because he, from what I know about him, there wasn't any reason for him to be like super knowledgeable as and like binary like he wasn't a he wasn't in like a computer engineer or anything like that and for it to all line up with like different like i guess hot spots around the globe as far as the coordinates go and everything i mean and for it to actually just be something that's pretty crazy yeah although i don't know if i would find it more credible if it didn't line up to anything, like if it was just like, just off, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. like if it was like almost legit, like coordinates, but it was just, there were some ones and zeros that were misplaced or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would find that more credible because like his recollection was a little bit off, but yeah, I mean, you're recalling binary code from your mind. Yeah. But if something is downloaded into your mind, like that's going to stick like the matrix, I would think. All right, Matt, so, Final I don't theory. Know. I'm like, that's enough, Nick. That's fine. Enough. Um, no, you're awesome. Thanks. You are too. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, no problem. I'm glad you're here. Yeah. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> I'm glad you're here too, Mike. Or Matt. <laughs> or Matt. <laughs> this is so bad for everybody but us. No, no, we love it. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I really don't. Um, this is one of those things where... I plead the fifth. I I I think that it was something. 
I think that I I think there's there is too many witnesses. Um, Halt said there was fifty plus witnesses. Jeez. So I mean, it was something. I will say that. Um, I mean, Russian craft or alien? I don't know. I mean, we're all kind of just stupid people who are just normal citizens. We don't and know. So I I don't know if there's. If it's possible in 1980 to have these craft that would blow U.S. Air Force people's minds, yeah, like that, that seems a little bit unreasonable to me. That to think it's just some like different country that created it, but at the same time, who knows, man? We're not we're not in those circles to know anything on that level. So maybe. But then you have to you have to ask yourself like well where did where did they get the, the technology from? Could that be alien? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. So I'm just a big dummy over here trying to trying to reason with with the data that we that we have. But um it does seem farther advanced than than humans could have come up with in 1980, in my opinion. However, I I don't know, and so That's it. I'll just continue to sound like a broker, broken record, I guess, and say I have no clue. Yeah, that's the thing about this case. Uh, like, yeah. I mean, all right, who knows? Now who you, Raph. What's my th- what's now my you? Theory? Well, when I look at like the evidence and like hear all the things, like I think there are multiple factors at hand. Like I think we're involved for sure as a human level. But when you look at like the drawings and the glyphs and like, you know, kind of like put together like, you know, like the ship and like the images, like I think... I think there's a driving force that is beyond us that is sending us cryptic messages constantly. And I mean, when you look at those glyphs, they're just like, they're like outlines. They're like shapes. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel like when we're confused about technology and we're like, man, nothing like that could ever exist. I think that stuff's existed forever. And I think that it is beyond us and call it alien or angelic like i think that technology is far more advanced in different planes of existence than we could even possibly know and i think that like i have often entertained the idea that like you know like time has been reset multiple times and like we've kind of gotten to different levels of like progression and we've been like regressed (laughs) and had to start over multiple times. But I think there's remnants. There's always remnants. There's always evidence. You know what I mean? Like no case is completely unsolved. Somebody knows the answer. Somebody knows what's going on and somebody knows what's happened and that we get a glimpse, whether it's from this dimension or another dimension or spiritual dimension, you know, 
god, alien, human. I think in this kind of case that there are like um, <clears throat> obviously like spikes and valleys, and this was like a pretty like significant spike. And I think stuff kind of like protruded into this plane of existence that we couldn't possibly fathom. And, you know, I don't know what it is, but like the people that saw it, they know what they saw and they experienced something. And it sounds really similar to like other cases, you know, but like the, but like, you know, it's like years apart. You've got like 47 to 80 you know, we're in 2001 now and we're experiencing so many weird things and like... We're in what year, Raph? 2001? 2021. <laughs> okay. I'm I just wanted to make sure we didn't do some time shoot, travel. Shoot, I'm in 2001. <laughs> I've also drank a lot of beer. But like... sync just came out with Bye Bye Bye. <laughs> oh, it's 2021. Just okay. for the record. All right. Glad we're on the same page. I'm cool. I'm fine. I'm not a time traveler. Or am I? Uh, we might have to do some investigations. Yeah, I don't know. I'm definitely not a time traveler. I'd be the worst time traveler ever. But um, <laughs> That's I'd... exactly what a time traveler would say. <laughs> All I know is that, like, I mean, there are forces at hand that we just can't understand. And I think sure. that it's, like, beyond us to understand it. But I definitely think something happened. And I definitely think that, um, like I said, there were human factors and there were... Um, ultra terrestrial factors that's what i would say that's what i would say 100 percent. you know there's just too many like too many witnesses and too many things and too many similarities and like i'd say the people that experienced it definitely experienced something but we don't know what it is we may never know and i think maybe if we did know we'd be very frightened that's it that's what i think I like it. All right. Thank you guys for talking about an extremely difficult topic. <laughs> but yeah, I would encourage anyone who's like listened to this and they've wondered what it is, look into the Rendlesham Rendlesham Shim Rendlesham Rendlesham Forest incident. It's you're you're gonna be busy for a while. You are. You are. Especially if you try to read the book. Yeah, read the book. Duck, duck, go. Have a great night. Thank you guys so much for listening to Maybe It's Spiritual. Um, we are on Apple. We are on Spotify. We are on Instagram as Maybe It's Spiritual. We are on TikTok as Maybe It's Spiritual. I have a Snapchat. I don't even know what it is. But um, we're out there, guys. Um, we have a Gmail. Maybe it's spiritual at gmail.com. Hey, send us a message. We want to hear. If you want to be a guest... Don't be afraid. If you've had something happen to you that you can't explain that you would like to just talk it through, we would love to talk it through with you. Um, hit us up on any of the like social medias or the, the Gmail. And oh, thanks again for listening. And if you are an Apple subscriber and you're, you're finding our podcast on there, go ahead and hit that five star. Go ahead and leave a review. We want to hear what you have to think, good or bad. You can put a, a one star if you want. I prefer the five, but just let us know how we're doing. The more feedback we have, you know, if there's a topic you want us to cover, we'll cover it. And, yeah, you guys have an awesome night.